civil rights movement. Um, but where it really hit in pop culture, although there was a reference to it, and I pulled this up, I was like, New Jack City, 1991 film, New Jack City. Uh, Wesley Snipes' character had mentioned, his. I think his character was named Nino, and his girlfriend at the time did something, and he said, I'm going to cancel that bitch. What? And that's the first time in pop culture, cancel culture, was noticed. The idea of canceling nice. something. <laughs> Hey ladies. Hey ladies and welcome back to Herspective. Another quarantine COVID version of Herspective. <laughs> yes, we were not with our guests, but this was our first episode we were able to record together side by side, so that was great back in the studio, which was also nice. Felt good so to nice. get back to some normalcy for us. Yeah, no, it was really nice to record beside you instead of just visualizing you and listening yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so before we get started i just wanted to send out a quick thank you to our sponsor in tamo pleasurables for supporting perspective in tamo pleasurables is a canadian sexual self-care company they use 100 percent plant-based ingredients in all of their products ingredients like organic hemp seed oil, hyaluronic acid, vitamin E, and aloe for increased pleasure and decreased pain during sex. You'll find those ingredients in their personal lubricant, wild thing, and massage oil, start me up, and more. They are a company that cares and gives back a portion from every sale to facilitate free sex and pleasure education in our communities. Head to intamopleasurables.com for their full line of products and use coupon code Perspective 20 at checkout. Yay, good job. And I hope people are using their Intamo products since we are going into week 10 of quarantine. So lots of time to be getting (laughs) personal with yourself and your partner if you have one. And remember, always make time for that. But yes, now (laughs) you do have the extra time. Now there's no excuse. Enjoy Um, it. (laughs) So yeah, today is a bit of a different um, intro for us because uh, our show is always meant to be as upbeat as possible and we work really hard to break down stigmas and misconceptions by bringing you information in a fun and humorous but informative way through the help of our fabulous guests that we have so often. But today, like I said, it's a little bit different. Uh, We still have some amazing guests and it's going to be a great episode, but we do want to address what has been going on in the world right now, specifically the most recent tragedy, which is the death of George Floyd. Um, As two white women, we were at a loss on how to help. And so we reached out to our black friends asking for advice, literally saying like, what do we do? How do we help? Because we know we can never fully understand what it feels like, obviously, to be black and then to be in the kind of position that they are in with such injustices and inequalities that are going on around the world um, to the black community. But we do want to try and understand. So their advice was to get educated, to talk to your black friends, family members, go to 
legitimate sites, um, that's the best resources to get educated and to start helping. Yeah, totally. Racism recurs as long as it goes unchecked. So even though we understand that we never will understand as white people, we want to stand together nonetheless. So we want to show our support against racism and injustice and police brutality. And we're doing that by, like you said, Laura, reaching out to our black friends, getting information on how to do that properly and uh, and going from there. So we just want to you know, show our support. We just want to make sure that everyone else is is showing their support as well and uh, coming together at this really, like you said, tragic, horrendous uh, time. Yeah, exactly. And we wanted to make sure that we were showing our support properly. So that's why it's so important to get educated and make sure you're having those conversations with friends yeah. and family members that maybe aren't as aware and educated and certainly in the home if you have children like I do like they are going to Mm -hmm. understand it better than I did growing up um so I'm having those conversations with them and other ways that you can help is to donate to certain organizations uh in Canada there is the Canadian Race Relations Foundation uh it's called canadahelps.org and there is one that people may you may have seen posted about is colorofchange.org as well and you can donate mm-hmm. there only if you have a US passport number though. Uh, so two great resources and two great places to help support through a monetary sense if that's something that you are able and wanting to do. And again, like for us, we we do have a platform and we want to use this platform to open discussions and help bring awareness to areas that need it or are misunderstood. And racism specifically is something that needs to be forefront right now. And we ourselves need to get educated and we'll continue to do so. That is our Mm -hmm. promise to our listeners and to the black community. We have a really fun episode, though, today. Interestingly enough, uh, it does talk about cultures, uh, but from a counterculture, subculture, cancel culture, and of course, pop culture uh, kind of way. We have a really great episode for you today, and we are going to be joined by Chrissy Newton, owner and founder of the PR agency Vocab Communications, and Marie Nicola. She is a digital media specialist and social media influencer, and together, they are Alt Pop Repeat, which is a new and amazing and super interesting podcast all about pop culture and counterculture. So if you're looking for a new podcast to listen to, definitely check out Alt Pop Repeat. These women are very, very well-versed in pop culture as well as subculture, counterculture, cancel culture. So all the cultures. Um, And that's what we're going to be chatting about today. Yeah. yeah, we'll get into that more today and explain yeah. what all that means. Exactly. And we do touch on a little bit of where um, some different trends and cultures came from as it pertains to race and uh, different things that went on in society. So without further ado, we are super excited to welcome to the show Chrissy and Marie. Thank you for being here, ladies. Yay. Yay. Thank you for having us. So excited to have you guys on. Oh, so excited yes. to chat. Yes. Let's, let's let's do it. Well, we've already been chatting, which is so nice. We'll yes. have to do another episode about all the 
other stuff we were just talking about. So many female conversations and so many. So many. So many. Yes. It's hilarious. Yeah, so many that we had to start a podcast about it. Right. Yeah, that's what you do. That makes total sense. Oh. Called Alt Pop Repeat. And so we're very curious about that and how that got started. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. I like to yeah, say. Yeah, just to jump right in. <laughs> Tell us the stuff. Uh, divine intervention. Yes, that's part of it. Uh, manifest destiny. Yeah. And alcohol. Oh, it's true. And yeah, downtown Toronto in, and a, downtown in a little Toronto. in a little pub. Um, perfect yeah. recipe for a podcast. It's a perfect yeah. recipe for a podcast. Well, my travel wife. That's what we've. <laughs> it's evolved to that. So in the beginning, Chrissy and I reconnected yeah. over, we were both going through a very similar change in our personal lives. And we reconnected yeah. after not speaking together for what, like five or six years? At least. Yeah. It was a while. Yeah. At least five wow. or six years, I'd say. Or maybe. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah, it does. And then we, uh, we reconnected, we shared, and then we're like, yep. clearly we have to meet up for drinks. So we did. I came dressed up like a fashionable matador. Um, and then we sat down, we, we were chatting and, yeah. and then as time went on, we realized, oh wait, we're not only just going through the similar life event, but we actually have a very similar set of interests. So yeah. it started with conversations of me. I think I was scared to tell you that I went and did ayahuasca. I was like, I kind of want to tell her. Oh my God. Jeff right. and I want to do that so bad. Yes. Okay. I want to hear about that. Finish your, the statement, but we're coming back to this. Right. For but sure. I think, I think we brought it up. I think there was something about like, oh yeah, like ayahuasca. And, and you're like, what? Spiritual. I think we were talking spiritual. That's it. That's it. And life changes after we went through our changes and. And like we did not go through menopause or anything like yeah. that. No, <laughs> no, we are well, no, we, we are younger than that. Let's right, let's yeah. establish yeah. age. Eighties <laughs> babies, right, we're right. Almost synced. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we were we were, and I, I was trying to feel it out because I'm like, you know how sometimes it's it's a one of those things when you're talking about that people can take it either way. They can either be really really interested in it or mm. they just are like, wow, you're a whack job. And so I felt it out. I kind of dropped it casually, and Chrissy was like, oh my goodness, like. I'm into that too. Let's, let's talk more about it. And then it was the waterfall. Like Chrissy was like, I'm into UFOs. I'm like, ah, <laughs> this is so many good things. So I'm like, I love, I, you know, I'm basically a witch and <laughs> you're into UFOs. And <laughs> I did ayahuasca and let's go do shrooms and let's, <laughs> which we haven't done shrooms together. But and then let's do a podcast. Yeah. Then, yeah. That. yeah. That's very, I love that story. It was a process there. You guys really, yeah. came to that conclusion i think marie and i like courted each other that's courting <laughs> it's like a weird way yeah. of courting as friends you're just and it, you know it's like as you get older it's harder to find female friends too sometimes because yeah. everybody's in life different places or different moments so oh. it's nice when you find somebody who's in a similar wavelength as you oh yeah you know, you, you yeah. know those times when you meet somebody you're like i met somebody and they're really great and i enjoy spending time with them and the more you spend time with them the more you realize that their life is in shambles and you're like wow no, no, and it's Aww, yeah. No, that's real friendship right there. Yeah, so it was meant to be. Well, and I it's love because nice our lives are our lives are pretty similar too. Like uh, you know, I'm PR, Marie's in digital, and she's a digital marketer. So yeah. those kind of things like mesh really well together too, right? And you have similar friends, you know, similar people. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like we met met each other off like you know randomly through other people or through. It actually was like a natural or progression from a podcast, I would imagine, yeah. to, to us being here. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I'm just awesome. rambling now. That's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the name of your podcast. Um, it was so cute. Tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. How oh did my you gosh. Come up with that. We. Alt so, pop repeat. Yeah. So Marie and I were for a couple months. 
I think it was a couple, it was at least two months. We were just flowing like ideas back and forth for show names. So like middle of the night, I'd be in my bed and then I like or somewhere in my couch or somewhere in my condo and I just like send her like a whole bunch of like, you know, ideas and be like, here you go. And then she would send me ideas and then it'd be like at random times in the day, random times in the week. And then it kind of just started from there. And then we both, l- I remember writing down like alt pop. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was like, cause we were playing with like alternative cultures, subcultures, things like that, those types of terms. Um, and then alt pop repeat kind of just came out of it. So it really stands for like alternative. It's like short form mm-hmm. alternative and then like pop culture. And then it repeats itself again. So we see that like counterculture, pop culture, or so, sorry, counterculture, alternative cultures um, and subcultures, they end up kind of, creating one and then pushing into pop culture or they push or drive pop culture as well too and then it kind of repeats again so you get this like full cycle um that's how i see it in yeah. that way yeah. well trends that's, that's a perfect explanation and it yeah. does make sense and it's actually a really good segue because that's kind of the stuff um that we want to talk to you about today like all those things that you mentioned um because those are kind of like those concepts maybe I think deserve a lot more attention, uh, especially for us. We are really interested in that. We haven't really talked about anything like that before. So I'm super excited to hear about how all that translates for you guys. And also I love the fact that you guys wanted to start a podcast about pop pop culture in general. I think that's super interesting. It's a topic that everybody loves to talk about. Like there's no shortage of material either. And you always find yourself going down like different rabbit holes when you get into pop culture chats and references and stuff. And then it's like, Oh my God, remember this? Oh, like it's super nostalgic. I think we should start with is like explaining it. For sure. Yeah. Chrissy, you take it. Cause you, you've got this down on lock. I try to geez. <laughs> Pressure now. Um, <laughs> So counterculture starts off as it's not the norm, right? It's outside of the norm that you would generally look at any form of culture or it's not in our pop culture day. So it's all of it. It's ideas that are not um, aligning with modern day mainstream society. So we look at things like feminist rights, the first wave movement, the second wave movement. We look at LGBT LGBT rights, um, even drag culture is part of that too. Punk is part of that. It started as counterculture, civil rights. So all of those things that we have now in mainstream culture were driven and started by counterculture and they started by small groups so subculture is totally separate out of that as well too so counterculture and subculture are not the same thing and a lot of people think that they are but they're not so when you're looking at counterculture it's generally just a group of people that don't align with the ideals of mainstream today pop culture yeah or mainstream culture in general and then what's subculture yeah yeah so subculture we look at is a classification of We have culture, which is the mainstream, and they follow the same norms as mainstream culture, but they've driven something outside of it. So, for example, cosplay. Cosplay is like where they dress up, and Mm -hmm. but there's still people that still love. They do cosplay things. They're still picking stuff from pop culture, though. They're dressing up as you know cartoons or or movies or you know things that they enjoy. If there's animation stuff like that, Um, but they're still following the mainstream ideals of a pop culture or just mainstream culture in general. So So. counterculture is a antithesis to mainstream culture. Yeah. Right. Right. Subculture so far is a group of people which align for the most part with mainstream pop culture ideals. However, they have subculture like interests, whether they are in cosplay, maybe they're a furry. 
maybe they're in it could a be what? a section a furry or, yeah. or a brony a brony a brony is so they're yeah. well furry is i like, don't know what those are either are people who like to dress up in in like mascot costumes and play the role of animals and they have sexual encounters in those situations the furries wow yeah and a brony is someone so is a male what? that likes uh my little pony and they do like there's brony festivals, oh, there's brony, brony conventions. Well, yeah, right. but specifically but, yep. friendship is magic, the reboot of My Little Pony, not right. the original series. Good point. And so, but the, <laughs> that's very detailed. But then you look at things, very for important. example, uh, punk. Punk started as counterculture, and then it moved into subculture, and now it's really embedded into the mainstream populace. So you can mm-hmm. get cultures that kind of move along right um lgbt is part of that as well too i would say kind of had the same lineage i would say like drag drags too so i would say lgbt movement gay rights is a counterculture movement and within that counterculture movement you have drag culture which is a subculture yeah and so these are people that start to they have different ideas you know like for example like the bohemian movement that's came out of punk they were rebelling outside of that in the 70 discos era they wanted something else they were you know anarchists things like that so they're always trying to push the limits i think that's more what counterculture is the way to look at it it's people pushing the limits and having different ideas and then you know thinking outside the box sometimes doesn't mean that counterculture is always right doesn't mean that it is right now we're talking about on our show and i'll pop repeat we're talking about counterculture that mainly comes from the 60s 70s and 80s we haven't even dived into and we will the counterculture that's actually happening today because that's exactly what we wanted to chat to you about because we were talking about counterculture before the show with about like the hippie movement and feminism and things like that and what kind of spawned from there but and exactly what does counterculture look like today because we were also saying like in a way it's people non-conforming too right yep but before that like you said lgbt is is counterculture it was started right? yeah it, it started, started as counterculture. yeah so that's it ask it it started like that now i wouldn't now it's norm mainstream like now it's culture like yeah well yeah now it's embedded into the mainstream so it's becoming more acceptable right like even though for example feminism is the same way we're in the third wave movement but we're still fighting you know we're still looking but now it's more we have rights hopefully we have more rights than we've ever had before and same with lgbt they're becoming more accepted and it's becoming you know teens are having more conversations and there's people that are more openly gay now um being polygamous is like honestly like polyamory is becoming a norm right now in some in some yeah it is yeah and that i would say that's more of a modern thing right now because we have shows about polygamy um and then we have a lot of people within age ranges that i was having this conversation with a guy friend of mine and he told me in a month he had five women come up to him and say that they were polyamorous and i went oh my god like we have so like it's you can see the transition moving so yeah. in lgbt it's the same thing it doesn't mean that it's fully accepted but it's way more accepted than it would have been 20 or 30 years ago exactly yeah. so and that's how you get to like that's how a sub or a counterculture becomes mainstream culture or a mainstream is like it, it's all based around acceptance like once a large enough group in society yeah. or society as a whole accepts what you're doing or what that group is doing or what you stand for or how you identify then you no longer are considered a sub or a counterculture and 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 do people like if you are part of a counter subculture do you want to stay that way or do you yeah it's a goal to make it mainstream i don't think i mean for feminism of course it is i mean it depends on where you sit right so for some things it's there's a watershed moment i always say we call it the sink 
Like yeah. in our show, that's our thing. When we try and find those moments in pop culture, yeah. when those elements became pop, when did it make that shift from being an alternative counter sub and it became mainstream? I always use a twerking example because for us, like I, everybody remembers Miley Cyrus on the MTV Music Awards twerking. Oh, yes. Yep. Again, arguably, I always call it the Jersey Turnpike. It was less twerking <laughs> and more. Yeah. If you were a fan of Jersey Shore, you will know exactly what that dance move is. Oh, yeah. Um, but before Miley Cyrus... Okay, but I think exactly what you just said is kind of the main thing. Like, to me, that wasn't, like, good twerking. Sorry if this goes <laughs> yeah, against no, it, but that's why I think it was such uh, a pivotal moment because there is so much better twerking going on, and then she did that, and it was like, that's twerking? You know what I mean? So I think it was... But you was might have known that. A lot of people might not even have known what twerking... Know. They didn't know. And so she, she put it to a different group of... She put it in the mainstream light. She brought it you know, into MTV the MTV Music Awards when she was performing. Because yeah. previous to that, I mean, there were songs. There was a there was a woman named Lady and out of Atlanta. Had her song called Twerkin'. My Pussy Be Poppin' was a couple of her songs. Nobody knew who she was. She was talking about twerking. Um, as early as 2010, I was able to find conversations. Conversations not even participated in, which was asking that question, what is twerking? Yeah. Um, you have Big Frida, who is the the godfather, godmother of New Orleans Bounce, which is uh, a music style that came out in the late 90s, which New Orleans Bounce is, is a type of twerking. Um, and there's pockets of these were all around the United States. And it was living and thriving, actually has its roots on the Ivory Coast. And it was imported to the United States by way of slavery. So as we're looking in the history of Wake, twerking became a part of our collective consciousness after this one moment on MTV. The entire world at that point had a conversation of what the hell is Miley Cyrus doing on stage during her performance? What was that? And when people are saying wow. it was twerking. Then twerking became a thing. And now we know it. We covet it. We love it. Yep. We attempt to do it. Some of us more successfully yep. than others. But yep. before that time, we didn't know. Hey what yeah. <laughs> so she was in that way. There's some sort of, uh, you know, co-opting and appropriation, which obviously we see. That's a case of somebody who was trying to take a trend and make it popular. Um, LGBT. LGBT um, is something where we were trying to force the mainstream culture to truly accept gay rights as human rights yeah and i wouldn't even say force i think there's moments that you get people that are the counterculture i mean the the counter yes the counterculture pushers into into pop culture right so you get those people but it's also through cultural things like film and television um, music literature there's all these things that come that are stem from pop culture or culture in general that influence it so you're getting all these people that you know will get picked up for example like we look at marie your idol Who's my idol? Who's your idol? RuPaul. Yeah, so RuPaul oh. is like that prime example of pushing drag into the mainstream. Man, he fought for 90s. it, for sure, but I think there was an acceptance that went along with it. So there are these wonderful art forms that come with culture that are self-expression, that are picked up, and that's what helps drive it. It happened in punk. It's it's happened in a lot of cultures and I would as well, say too. Like, um, Hip-hop music, huge. You know what's a good example of somebody who, who of a group, a subculture that did not want it to go mainstream? A subculture that not I you would wanna, I have punk I have is punk, <laughs> punk did not want to go mainstream because no, I was didn't. selling out yeah um but also hipsters very recently hipsters hipsters did not want people to they rejected even the title of being called hipsters because they were trying to be so really? anti-establishment yeah by dressing in their thrift shop wear to try and look indifferent to have their fixie bikes and um 
their vintage, like they really wanted to show that they were so anti pop decadence indulgence mainstream and really kind of stuck to this vintage idea the hipster started from the hippie movement that i would say was influenced because the hippie movement came first and then the the hipster was kind of i would say is a new form of that because the hippie movement was a counterculture movement and i think that your own food right use bikes minimalist right Right. like more of and i think that's the hipster doesn't consume and uh, and buy into all of the like trends because that's what i what i think about when we talk about some of this stuff is that it all eventually becomes also a trend like fashion is always totally like hooked right into these things so like well that's what defines usually most of these things how they look but so i think there's like a division though like between the like how we bucket the cultures so like lgbt and feminism those were cultures based on human needs essentially yeah. meaning hu- and then yes. turning into human rights like we need to be part of society because we're human like we shouldn't be shunned we shouldn't be unaccepted because of the way we love or whatever the whatever yes. you know culture in that way what we deserve that we're talking about um like women being like we're just we're women <laughs> we're humans so you're men and we're women we deserve the same rights yes. yeah, and yeah, and 100%. same with anybody that identifies as lgbt yeah q um, yeah. uh same thing but then when you talk about like hipster um punk so much more of an image with it so that yeah. is where like the fashion ties into it like they definitely have their own set of beliefs and ideals and like that whole non-conformity attitude um, for a lot of those people, but they also look a certain way, right? And listen like, to a certain music. Yeah. yeah, and so it is very, like, tied into, like, what is kind of, well, it becomes trendy because then people are like, oh, that's sort of well, obscure. I want to wear yeah. jeans and or I want to be really extreme with my glam if we're talking about, like, drag and stuff like that. Yeah. Or even, like, modern... Um, uh musicians and artists now they they seem to dress like pretty out there and then people want to associate and look like that as well so it seems like people that started with the counterculture um kind of paved the way for it to trickle down and and other people want to follow that trend for sure yeah and even though that's probably not their intention right like i don't always call you know being part of the lgbt community and being a woman is is not a trend right like i don't i don't right i don't call it there's a difference between the bucket 100 percent. yeah so i would yeah and you know and telling someone if they're lgbt that they're a trend they'd just be like oh my gosh so you you don't want to do that so i so in my mind like it there's there are things that trends build out of that as well too but being part of a lifestyle that is part of like civil rights and things like that I don't I don't call those trends I just call them movements and I think that mm-hmm. mainly what counterculture is are movements uh, and they happen and then trends kind of come out of it and fashion and, and things like that and the reason why that happens is a lot of the time consumer brands and corporate companies use that to build off trends and they help create those trends and people in PR like myself and and other people in PR you know look at that because we see things that are becoming part of the main populace and then we go great how do we adopt that and then how do we attach a consumer brand or how do we attach an identity with this brand to align with that moral or ideology so So, would you say that that's like using that movement 
for it consumer. And some and we talk about this in our in our with George Strombolopoulos in our episode two of our podcast. We talk a little bit about the Lucky Strike cigarettes campaign that happened with um, Edward Bernays, who's the godfather of PR. And so and how he manipulated the mass public and women to smoke and called them uh, torches of freedom. And so in the Easter Day Parade, he had women in, I believe, the 1930s walk down in the Easter Parade smoking. And he called the, ne- the media and he tipped them off. And they came out and they said that the women were doing that because they wanted to be like men and they wanted equality. But what they were really doing was helping the tobacco industry to create more money because the CEO and the owner asked Edward Bernays if he could fi- create a campaign that drove women in because they knew that if they had the woman consumer, they'd make more money and double their profits. Yeah. yeah so they used exactly they used a movement to That's create intelligent. right and whatever Bernays is he is the nephew of, of Freudian so and that con- yeah he's after the Freud yeah and so when oh. on that side it talks a lot of bit about mass manipulation and um, and how that was used there's uh, there's a really great documentary if people are listening to watch it's called Century of Self check it out it's unbelievable yeah. and it will give you the breakdown of, of how PR really started and then where it's kind of gone today and and how corporate brands use movements to to I hate saying the word manipulate but to, to you know to, to capitalize, well, that's to capitalize. Kind of what it is. exactly yeah. if you look into I'm sure with your PR background you know of the psychology behind uh, marketing and things like that and and that's using that information is what makes it super effective and that's exactly what was proven whether or not capitalizing on it might be right or whatever it's it it worked so yeah it's shocking to think like if you go back in time women were frowned upon smoking in public i mean anyone's frowned upon now for smoking in public but at the time (laughs) in particular women were frowned upon for smoking in public um they there is even criticisms women would have that they don't even know they would do courses that was actually one of the things that that some of the tobacco companies were doing in order to entice and invite women in because they knew it was such a lucrative market. But what they had been going up against was mass, widespread, mainstream unacceptance of women as smokers. So they had courses to teach women how to hold a cigarette, how to light a cigarette, how to smoke oh, yeah. a cigarette. Like cigarette literal etiquette. courses for women to apply to it's go insane. to. Yeah. And since none of it was working, they would go and take the course, but they still weren't smoking in public. And then our buddy... Our buddy Bernays comes in. He's like, yo, oh, let's buddy do Bernays. this. Let's make it look like these girls are going out there during the Easter Day Parade. And we're just going to have them light up a cigarette. And we want beautiful women to go down the street smoking loud and proud. And the yeah. world would be like, whoa, look at these brassy long young lassies with yeah. their cigarettes. He was he he was a mass manipulator. So it is making smoking. You know what the crazy right? part is, too, is that during that time, there was like a difference between like democracy and capitalism. They weren't one. Edward Bernays is one of the first people to bring capitalism and um, and democracy together, and they should be separate. Bruce Bernays really did, and he thought, in their mind, they thought they were helping the second wave, but really, it, it might have helped the second wave, but they were making a lot of money off it. So yeah, so he I, essentially created a new culture. You know, we'll see. Like the next the next movement, the next counterculture movement for for women. I'm really curious to see what the fourth wave is going to be. You know, we in my mind, it's probably going to be a little more global. Because the well, the, have the second like wave only was was only so it was more global, but it wasn't fully global. Acceptance and yeah. voicing, yeah. Acceptance, not victim blaming. Like now we're okay. So fourth wave was recognizing the toxicity in our own language relating to women Good and point. our our societal um, interpretations of how women should be. So yeah. we now we're saying instead of 
we started asking um, when people are going to court. All yeah, yeah, you can't real time now. Well, mm-hmm. and there is documentation that's not just a, a man's, for example's recollection of it, right, or retelling. Yeah. But so this is what you're talking about is like, would you say Western or North American feminism because and culture Great and question. culture because clearly around the world uh, we may be a certain place in terms of feminism, but. And a lot of other places as well are way point. behind us. Yeah, it's oh. a great point. There's tons. So true. Yeah, there's. A, I, that's what I think the next wave, the fourth wave will be, will be more global. Because mm. the first wave and the second wave for us was only based in North America. And then yeah. the third wave went a little more global, went into to South Korea. It's went all, all over the place. So now I think, in my mind, the fourth wave will be a more global acceptance and then females having more conversations and hopefully throughout the world, you know, the, in different parts of the world, they'll be having their own waves because some people, some cultures are only having yeah. their first wave of movement right now or their second wave. They're not on their third wave with feminism. So we'll, we'll I think we'll start to see that shift in the next 10 to 20 years because yeah. the last, we yeah. last feminist movement was in the 70s. And it's right. when did ours? When did me? Uh, yeah, when did Me Too start? Two like years ago, yeah, a year a ago? years ago. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. It, and originally started in two thousand and eight, I believe. On yeah, started, yeah, like, but it, but that was like kind of like a catalyst moment, and it was online that that really pushed that. But then we ended up getting like Harvey Weinstein, and then a group yeah. of women coming out, and you know, obviously Bill Cosby, and we'll talk about canceling him out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. cancel that out, about. and cancel yeah. Harvey Weinstein out talk, too. Like yeah. we're we're seeing like little pockets. I mean, if we're we're being loud and we're being proud and we're being supportive and we're getting it online, then there is going to be that ripple effect that happens. Yeah. And in, in even very recently, I think like May 1st, it came out that Sudan finally criminalized female circumcision. That took that, that wow. st- centuries, centuries for that to happen. Now that's one country out of many that practice it. And, and it's, and just because it's illegal doesn't mean it will not, not be practiced. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. yeah. Yeah, rooted yeah. in families and generations and it's rooted in the culture but it does show that on a large level men and women in parliament in government are all coming together to agree that this practice yeah, is not at least recognized yeah which is that's a huge movement so we're starting to like seeing the effect of it so i think there's something really important about women going out there definitely women supporting women women producing women um lifting each other up to hold higher positions of power um and and discussing about our experience and not being ashamed not feeling like you have to be nice when you're out like just even on your day-to-day life if somebody says like smile hey you look so pretty if you smile i fucking hate that (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's infuriating like yeah. You don't know what's going on with my day. Or and my also, life. I'm just standing here. Like, I don't have to fucking entertain you. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Why do you feel but, entitled to to my... Like, why do you feel entitled to any kindness from me? Yeah, I, I But also, understand. why yeah. do you feel like you have the right to tell me to do that as well? To do anything. Yeah. To do anything. I think men I think- are learning to start to understand what this this third wave is and they're having a challenging time doing that so i think our job is to help them through that and understand yeah. in a nice way this is what it means and maybe one day they'll feel that way too because it's starting to shift there's men that i know that are a little more woke in that context where they understand that and they're pro-feminist and they know what feminism is and they understand that and they and they agree because they want to ch- they believe in equality and they're a humanist so I love yeah. those men and I want those men to start to talk to other men about that because it's our job to help 
men understand where we're at too because we but can't just walk away and be like you don't get it make them allies. i agree i agree but it's our job to help educate and then i agree with other men to have conversations and to be open enough to have those conversations and talk about those things because one day you know they're going to get into a position that they are going to be the old norm you know when you look at somebody and they use like racist words or things like that and you're like geez gosh you're getting so old and that was such an old paradigm we're moving that way now. And I'm really proud of men that are trying to understand that they don't want to fall in that paradigm anymore because they don't want to be like their grandparents that are using racial slurs or doing stuff that's in inappropriate, yeah. especially when it comes to women. And I think I'm hopeful for the next generation to, to be like that. Yeah. 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 I think it's a recognition of equality yeah. and respect. Yes. Like that's yes. the, the Which core of it. Naturally right? ages, like, like the racism naturally ages out, I think. You know, probably not fast enough. And hopefully sexism does. Right, exactly. Yeah. I think it will more and more. I'm I'm hopeful. I don't think that we, as women, um, are responsible for doing that. But I do think that we have to, um, like like you were saying, but well, I think it would be open to conversation. Yeah, well, yeah. I think it's open. You know, but I've had a lot of yeah, I've had a lot of my guy to. friends call me and have, have you know have said, Chrissy, I don't, I'm not sure what this like. I'm not sure about this part of feminism, or I'm not sure about That's this. A and great this is what happens. What is yeah, or I'm not sure if I'm doing something appropriately. You know, I'm happy that they can call me and they know I'm not going to yeah, judge that's them. That's fantastic. Right. And that's what I want other women and other men to feel comfortable so they that's can ask women and say, Hey, am I doing this right? Or it maybe <laughs> maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way. And for me to say, No, hey, come on in. You know, if you're uh there's a thing called like you know, conversation and we're allowed to have it and I don't need to yeah. judge you. Um, but I also can explain to you why maybe I don't think what you're aligning to or your ideals is not really what generally women want, you know, like I, I think those are there. There's, and I'm not going to say all the, con- obviously I'm not going to say all the conversations I've had because those are private with, with my male friends, but I'm happy for them that they're, that they're willing enough to be a part to par- be, mm-hmm. and want to learn and be able to ask questions yeah. to that, be open. That is a productive relationship very i i don't think it's our responsibility i'm like it's not our responsibility to convince men to be allies to educate men to be allies in that when men are and we we see this especially with sexual assault cases harvey weinstein people who do gross abuses of power that generally are a male in power who are who's targeting a, a subordinate female in order to take advantage and then just take it just assume that because of his position in his role in life that he doesn't be held need to be held accountable to his actions because women are afraid to speak out because they'll mm-hmm. lose their job or they'll be shunned or they'll be shamed or people won't take them seriously and all these things so they kind of take advantage of a situation they push it and so i just don't feel like you know, it's it's our responsibility. I think that we need to just live our best lives in order to lead by example, to have productive con- conversations yeah. with the men that are willing, who are open enough to ask. Yeah, and learn, and even evolve. learn. Yeah, learn and evolve. So that we're, and then also just staying true to ourselves. So if something happens, like I had an incident last year with somebody who was close to me, and they overstepped a boundary, um, uh, overstepped a boundary with me when I was hanging out with him, and. He was somebody I'd known my entire life, and I, I called him out on it, but I refused. And he's like, oh, don't tell anybody. I'd be really embarrassed. 
I told everyone, I was like, no, I am not going to feel ashamed over your mm-hmm. shitty choices. I'm yeah. sorry. I told Chrissy. I told my parents. I told my sisters. I told everybody. You told and the podcast. She told my I dog. told the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but I don't live in shame. I yeah. don't live in shame. I will not live in fear. No. Because it's not, my responsibility is not to hold onto your shame, your regret, your embarrassment. My life here is to live the best life I possibly can be. And if I'm going to be a feminist, to stand true to my, my ideals and be an example to other people, young and old, I need to demystify this entire thing and not let it not carry it with me and the best way well, to do that is to talk it's it not out. our job as women also to protect that's what i think it is bad choices yeah. or no, gosh yes. no gosh no and I, know, I no and one would ever i would never condone a bad choice no you know that's when you have to say to them like you were wrong eat a dick and but yeah eat a dick and you were wrong but that yeah. takes women yeah. and men together to say you were wrong and then also men telling men you were wrong other men need to tell other yeah. men when they've crossed that boundary because a lot of men, when sexual assault or things happen, uh, you know, this is not in all cases. I'm not going to generalize, but no, absolutely not. people know when people are groups of friends. I know what Marie's doing. I know what other friends are doing. So I know when somebody's living a lifestyle that I don't agree with in my friendship group, except if it's male or female. So if that person, I would be shocked if they hit it for their entire life from their friends. So I really think that male friends do know that male or male friends are doing it. They just don't stand up for well, other I also women. Think and I that, think that, that that needs to be that conversation where a guy goes, that's not right. You're wrong. And you need to change the way you think, or you need to I, change the way you act because that's not appropriate. I just don't know if every single time that something like that guys know if they've done something inappropriate, they already know that like people know if you've hurt someone, but I think a lot of the times they're not going to go to their friends and be like, you know, an extreme example is, oh, oh, I, you know, forced myself on her. Like, I'm sure the language that they use isn't so, um, you know, like blaming of themselves. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I'm she sure wanted they... it. You know, she she wa- oh, she was yeah, playing hard to get. She wanted like, it. Yeah. Well, we yeah. Have... Not even like I raped her, but like, you know, that's really I don't extreme, think they would but... ever say that. Like, who would be like, yo, I went out and raped this bitch. Like, I don't think they <laughs> yeah. would be so aggressive. I don't think that that's how it's going on. But if, if that was verbalized to their friends, I would really hope that their friends would be like, what the fuck? They're like, but, but I'm I think... calling. I'm calling for a pizza. But it might not even be verbal. Yes. It might not even be verbal cues. It might be like physical cues. They're out in the when bar they're out, yeah. and they're and they're like hitting on a woman and woman's like leave me alone and they keep getting aggressive 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 There's and a... they're not getting that physical cue when a woman's like I don't like you get out of my space and so it takes a guy to be like hey maybe she doesn't like you leave it alone it sometimes yeah, it takes I another male there's... friend to do that and that doesn't, that doesn't mean sexual though. assault there's a different line right where you're going you're making her feel uncomfortable don't make her there's, feel uncomfortable there's always like elements though like you know when it's like like you said, Lauren, group mentality. So if you're out with your butt, and this is so generalized, obviously, but mm-hmm. it's like, oh, she doesn't like you, bud, and egging him on now. So then he feels like he has to prove something. Yeah, so then, see, that's not, see know. that, exactly. I don't like that uh, mentality. We're taught as like little young girls and women that, that it's okay for, you know, our shining male is going to come on this like horse and, you know, and save and he us. He trying to rescue her. Right. He and was trying to kill himself. Right. Or like Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. She's sleeping oh, yeah, and she's getting those. kissed. Titanic. Like it's Titanic. just, it's Rose just too gonna much. was going to jump off the Titanic and Jack saved her. Knight in shining armor. Jack had shit to life. 
He's like, I'm broke. I'm poor. He's like, I'm I'm just last night. I was sleeping under a bridge. And then tonight I'm having dinner with you fine folks having champagne and caviar. (laughs) But you know, it is true what you're saying about the the archetypes that are displayed in pop culture um, in terms of romantic gestures and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And but when in reality, when those things are displayed, it's like predatory and unwanted, very unwanted. Imagine a man threatening to kill himself unless you went out with them in real life you'd be like what the fuck get away from me i'm sorry i I just wanted to get an ice cream yesterday like i didn't want you (laughs) to like follow me home like i'm i know disrespect to the workers at dairy queen but i just wasn't thinking that i was gonna date the clerk yeah no it's but you know it's crazy we talked about sort of this idea of like that you know that romance uh fairy tale love with dr jess and she is very like that's not a thing and but it, it's still a thing because we're faced with it in all of the movies and all of like even children all the songs movies, all the songs, country songs everything is like this is what you should want this is what the dream is the fairy, to tale, fairy tale to be rescued romance, but really it isn't well, really we're out there working nine to fives and that shit is not happening but thank goodness, like, Disney is trying to reinvent yeah. that storyline. Maleficent was a great example yeah, of that. Yeah, Obviously with our strong Frozen. female leads. Yeah. Oh, Actually, my favorite Disney ever is Mulan. I just read a fun <gasps> fact today about Mulan. Um, your favorite, too? I so love good. Mulan. She, yeah. She's badass. So she is the only, pri- uh, only princess that has killed anybody in, in any of the Disneys. And, in fact, she's the biggest killer, including all the villains. And of anybody in all Disney movies. So I'm like, she's so badass. Oh, I love Mulan so much. (laughs) She's my girl. It's a badass. I'm really excited for the live action. I think it's going to be sensational. It has been delayed since March. The, oh my God. It was supposed to come out in March. And I was counting down literally the days. And then COVID happened and took away the release date. But you know what? As long as they do it right, it comes out. and They they will. I know they will. Worth it the wait so is eddie murphy yeah. playing the dragon that's no also, they're not doing any songs a, there's no what? there's no dragon it's there's no it's, dragon you it's have the to do story the of mulan but I, they've I, done I, it as a legit live act but this is, is pop culture this is what this happens. is what raised us yeah. all yeah. of this but that's why i think i love mulan so much because not just because she was like a serious killer because i just learned that fact today but that's not why you loved her <laughs> no but but look at the Jess. differences in her <laughs> Yeah, I have to tell you guys something. <laughs> we know a lot about you now. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> this is confession killer. time. Yeah. <laughs> I do spend a, a weird amount of time listening to your time. But anyway, <laughs> that oh, is sorry, the girl fine. of all the princesses who isn't like, like, exactly. like you said, <laughs> nowadays it is different with the, what they're trying to do with Disney. But look at Sleeping Beauty. She just had to lie there at 16 years old for 16 years oh, yeah. before she got kissed by a guy. She didn't yeah. even say anything the whole time. Like, Snow White. Like, Snow White. That was like not seven consensual. P.S. Yes. Like seven little men. No. Like, it's <laughs> just like that's what was portrayed. That's what was raising us. And then Mulan comes in. She's like, uh-uh. I don't need to be kissed by a guy. I don't need to, you know. It's just she like, I'm to going to fight. Like to- I know. She sure fucking did, which is still a point of contention, obviously, because it would just be ideal if she didn't, but whatever, that's history. That's just the way it was. That was just the, that was the archetype of it. In China. <laughs> you can see how the generations, like things have started to shift. Obviously most of the Disney movies that come out now are female led characters. And, uh, and yeah. girls of color. And yeah, and they're, all different they're working with that. races. So, I mean, what, 
what is happening, the movements that are happening in countercultures and subcultures are making a difference into like mainstream. Like it is now like it would be weird to see a movie like a Disney movie that was more like had a base of Sleeping Beauty or Snow White. Well, I don't think anyone would like it. uh, What just happened here? Did we just like (laughs) nobody would like it? Not even the kids, I don't think. Yeah, be really weird. But it would set women back. It would set women back. But I mean, there's that's this is where we're we're talking about culture, pop culture in particular. Where I'm like, some people are like, oh, it's just a frivolous. It can be a frivolous show. I'm like, no, there's there's just because something is a part of the mainstream doesn't mean that there it's not valid. Yeah, there's it doesn't mean that it doesn't it can't have a positive impact. The conversations that we're having right now are impacted by the media we see, by the stories that have been fed to us our entire lives, and we and the news, you know, and who we want to be as people. It all kind of shapes who we are, but what's the type of culture that we consume the most of? Oh, it's pop it's culture not, for sure. I mean, I would love to say it's high culture, but it's not. It's it's yeah. popular <laughs> culture. Yeah, and, and also, yeah. like, w- Marie and I, when we started this project, we started All Pop Repeat, the one common goal, I think, between both of us was showing people how they're so similar. And even though we're using different words and different lexicons, we're all we're all connected. So counterculture does that as well, too, when it's moving into pop culture. It's showing people that even if they're in counterculture world, they can still relate to people in the pop culture world, too, as well. Th- they're connected. And we're showing those those sinks, as we call it, but showing that those catalyst moments and those moments that people can relate to. And hopefully, in the end of that, people go, hey, I'm not that different because I relate to that movement. You know, where I understand now where that movement came from. Yeah. So I think counterculture, I love, like, we both really love it. I think it's a really beautiful thing. I just think it's misunderstood because um, a lot of people don't know the roots of it. And that's kind of our, our goal is to show people how they're so similar and how everyone's connected and also show this, the wonderful world that counterculture has created now that we live in. Yeah, the public, like, pop culture has roots and those yeah. roots are deep. And sometimes it's, they're deeply rooted in our history that many of us had just never learned or were forgotten. Like, as I said, twerking was, was a cultural dance that it was important to the United States by way of the slave trade. And it's, it's significant. It's interesting that slavery, the entire reason slavery, you know, how they operated was to eradicate and remove somebody's cultural identity in order to control and manipulate them to be subordinate and keep them in in a state of slavery. So, how did and why did the act of twerking? Why did how did this dance somehow survive for so long, and then now it's becoming pop culture? So it, it really starts opening up this whole spectrum of w- how really beautiful and varied our mainstream culture is, and hopefully giving dues to the movements and the cultures and the people that helped to color that space in and really influence it Yeah, I think it creates empathy too because, for example, like even cannabis. We're doing a segment on cannabis coming up soon and, (laughs) oh my gosh, I, again, and th- this happens all the time when I we get to deep dive into shows because, again, sometimes you only know what you know. You only know surface level. So, obviously, when we do a show, we have to learn more. So, we go in and learn way more than I probably would have known on my own by watching something like a documentary. So, when I'm doing the research, I go, holy crap, like cannabis, even just the the beginning of the cannabis movement and how it's all interconnected into so many counterculture movements it blew my brain like i just couldn't handle it there's how many times that i went holy shit out loud in my condo 
Like my neighbors must be like, what is going on in Christie's condo? <laughs> what is she because, watching? Yeah, because my mind gets blown so many times where I'm like, oh, oh my God, I never knew that. Or I see now where this is connected into another movement and how these movements come together as one. It's really unbelievable. And cannabis is, is one of those as well, too. But There's I think, so many. yeah, but in, in general, I think that when other people are learning about counterculture and they get to deep dive or hopefully when they listen to our show, it creates like that form of empathy, too, because you might not know where something stemmed from and then you go, oh my god I can relate to that but I never really liked those people but now I understand them a little bit more and better now and hopefully that's that's what that does yeah well you guys have certainly brought a lot of insight into just like all of the cultures that we've talked about like we didn't we there was we would not have known cultures and countercultures yeah well just like whatever falls under the buckets of culture and we just (laughs) wouldn't have known like the correlation between like historical events um, and twerking, for instance. And I, w- one thing that's interesting with the twerking is that Miley Cyrus caught a lot of flack for that yeah. too. Deservingly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't yeah. done well. See, well, I mean, but from that's execution subjective, right? to, to appropriation, she tried. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. it is appropriation immensely. Yeah. It, absolutely. But the thing is, she caught the flack. So in in some ways, you say, well, she kind of took that one for the team because now it's wildly accepted. Everybody's doing it. There's like I follow uh, Nastia. Uh, what's her name? Nastia Nas. Nastia Nas on Instagram. Who. She's from Ukraine. All she does is twerk. And her business is twerking and teaching twerking. And twerk she's camps. unbelievable. <laughs> and she's oh, yeah. Watching she's fantastic. It's hypnotizing, actually. It is, it is hypnotizing. It's very it is. I love her videos. <laughs> I do. I know. I just find myself watching I'm it. like a straight woman who's obsessed with that girl's ass. No. <laughs> it's, it, it happens to but everyone. It's mind-blowing how their bodies move. It's, uh, that's, yeah. You could do a whole episode but, of twerking. But. <laughs> no. I And I like how you said that, but... So she took one for the team. Okay. And what I was thinking when we were also discussing counterculture is somebody like Miley Cyrus. She, that's what her like lifestyle reminded me of counterculture when we were first discussing this. And because she always did try to go against the norm. Um, and maybe like, okay, maybe it wasn't right or done properly in terms of like appropriation and stuff like that. But she did try to, she's like, you know what? I'm sick of being a Disney star. I'm going to start smoking weed and doing my own thing. And maybe that didn't please people. And I think in, in, as a star, like you're, you have to like please people. And she's just like, stopped caring. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think she might've lost popularity, but, um, but then got it, it elsewhere. I, yeah. I do a have group. a really interesting perspective for you on that, where it's, that is, yeah, that is the pop, pop princess trajectory to fame. I agree with that. Very yeah. true. Yeah. But yeah. she didn't do it in like, um, a no, way like Brittany did where she shaved it. her head. She had her she had her wild out. So uh, Britney Spears went from Hit Me Baby One More Time, Sweet Ingenue, Sexy Little. She was sexy, but she wasn't um, I'm a Slave for You Sexy. She was so appropriately she sexy. She was appropriately sexy. Yeah, but then she had a mental breakdown. Yeah. How do you, how do you appropriately she sexy? She did have yeah. her shift before the mental breakdown. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. Aguilera yeah. Aguilera had her Gina dirty Bottle. Went to Tina. Went to Tina. Tina yeah. Baby. Or Gina Babies. <laughs> that Gina does sound bottle. dirty. <laughs> Gina Babies. But you, you will yeah. see this if you look at, at pop stars and when they make the, those shifts, you see the same. It's the same root every single time now 
they go from well they have to to establish their adulthood even the boys do it i don't think they they do though i don't think they do i think that's manufactured and i also think that's manufactured from men working in corporate companies that are running labels that know that it's going to sell and teaching and other women thinking and young girls thinking that being sexy is a new way of form of development to self-expression exactly and it's always related to the time it's in like miley cyrus like wilding out was more of like an she played it as an independence play which I do, like, I mean, I have no problems. Like, I mean, do whatever you want. Uh, there is no judgment for me. Like, you go and do your thing. I re- like, do do it. As long as you're not hurting anybody, you're not hurting yourself. Just oh, do that's it. that's the what we live by. Yeah. Did right? she Did she even know that when she was twerking that, like, where it came from? Like, a lot of the no, time I think. Does. Right. So I think no, a lot think of the time her like ignorance. Outrageous. Right. So I think she just saw, you know, you've got um, a whole urban culture that's doing it. And they're like, okay, great. I'm going to appropriate. Not even realizing or appropriating. Yeah. So I don't even think she realized she was appropriating. And I don't even think she realized the stem of where that root came from. Her even smoking weed, she probably doesn't even know it's a counterculture. She might now. But when she was younger, I don't know. I oh, don't know enough about Miley Cyrus to say if she did or not. But my... Yeah. I don't I never like to assume but if I had to I'm probably going to say at that age they're probably not as in tune to what the past counterculture was they, they right? just don't look at it in they the will same when way. they get older at some point you start to learn because, and I mean develop, we didn't have right? a conversation we did not have a conversation of appropriation when Gwen Stefani went solo after no doubt and she she, she had, did the lamb stuff yeah love angel music baby and she had her hair Juku girls yeah, she did. Right. There was some backlash on, but that, recently, but it was, no, yeah. like when it started More happening, recently. I do remember, like it was in some media outlets and magazines and stuff when magazines were still really a thing. But um, it was yeah. very, very minor. It certainly wasn't forefront like any kind of misappropriation would be now. No. So it's interesting because even that has evolved, right? Like you're getting called out. Yeah, yeah. like I think now and, she's re- has received more. Well, she stopped. Yeah, she totally <laughs> she stopped. Totally, but when you look back to it, it does look really weird. Go. go free, She girls. freed them. <laughs> okay, I but don't I love do... you anymore. Go! Like, throwing rocks at them, sending them free in the forest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Went to Mafia, like, letting her... Well, like, I don't... My favorite pop star right now is Billie Eilish. I think she's freaking amazing. Oh, I, I think she's Billie an amazing... Eilish. You know, showing women and females, for example, you don't need to do sexy. You can be ambiguous. You don't have to choose what you want. Like she's she's going she is the counterculture, I would say, for younger females moving forward when we're going to look at a new generation. You know, I I really, really, I really like Billie Eilish. That's a perfect. Okay, so I wanted to go back when you said um, so I said that her as a disney star then they have to become an adult like they become an adult obviously um so they they want to portray this other adult image where that could be sexier and you said that was probably or could be um you know like a misogynistic part of yeah yeah. i think well i think it's a patriarchy that's doing it right right but then it's interesting to see girls like Billie eilish who is 18 so she is at the prime age of coming into like her womanhood or sexiness say um and she's certainly not uh doing anything like that she's kind of going to but, the beat of her own drum well right she did you don't you, just to be sexy you don't have to wear tight clothes like, or to be an adult you right, don't have to be sexy right, exactly and so for her and even if i don't know if she's straight or what her choice is you know i love that about her because it's a conversation where it doesn't really matter 
She's an amazing artist that Absolutely. wants to dress a certain way and doesn't want to distinguish between a gender and sexuality. She's just being a person. She's being an authentic she's still, person. It's still and who knows well, that might change now when I say it. Let's see what happens right? next. Yeah. Year. Well, she she's starting to show that we don't. It doesn't matter what she's wearing or what she looks like or no. what her but sexualities or what her love choices are. What we're supposed to see is her talent. Yeah, because she's going above and beyond. And then we could branch off into Adele and Lizzo, like Adele's drastic weight loss. People are focusing on that. Like, have we forgotten that she is one of, like, has one of the most incredible voices there is right now? Um, And then we've got Lizzo, who isn't what society still considers, like, the, the the know, norm gorgeous body yeah type, yeah um but who is an incredible talent and in and to me it's sort of like starting a counterculture in that way because yeah. she's like i am doing me i'm still gonna do my and nudies i'm still, I'm still gonna awesome, pose sexy and i feel good and yeah. i'm in control of my choices and i want to like live my life the way i live my life but like society hasn't caught up fully to that like of course all those things are actually becoming more accepted but People are still very critical of her and her looks and what she's doing with her body, and it's like, what? Why do you care? Like, why is? Well, you know, don't put me in a box. Like, it's just everyone's trying to put you in a box. It's like, stop putting me in a box. Just let me live my life. There's a lot of parts to like liberation that Mm -hmm. that we're we're pushing. We're pushing those limits right now. We're in body size. We're pushing the conversations. We're pushing their considerations. Billie Eilish. I do think it's still early days because she only just turned eighteen. So her, yeah. her image Yeah, we'll her, see what she... It could, it could well, change. How she goes oh, with her image. Yeah, so, like, 100%. we'll loop back when she does <laughs> right. her next album. <laughs> right. And we'll she's 25. See, because yeah, like, let's we'll see, see if she's dressing like that. Well, but, yeah, it could go no anyway. You got to do what you got to no. do to get that, you know... She's 18. She has to figure herself out. Yeah. We all did. Yeah, and it's and, okay and if you want to wear tight clothes and that's self-expression, too. It's exactly what I was going to say. To those girls that want to... put in a box. Yeah. Yeah. To those girls that want to flaunt their sexuality... They want to dress like that. You can. You're a woman. You're allowed to do that if you, you want right to. Here. And I really like appreciated girls going from like child stars into being an adult and and transforming their look because they're not that little girl. And maybe that's just their way to try to be taken seriously as, mm-hmm. as an adult. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I feel I would feel bad if they were put into the box of being that child. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But uh, what I was going to say, Laura, is is maybe some things are changing in terms of uh, uh, Lizzo, Lizzo's like size and stuff. Maybe they are trying to do things because this is the first time ever I was online shopping and I saw girls. I oh my god, I totally wish I could remember what it was. It might have been Adidas, and all these girls were like thick and they weren't like wearing size zero. And I'm like, this is weird to see like normal people on there as the models. Well, I think great. a lot of I'm companies like, and brands yeah, are starting to incorporate that. Trying, American but it's... Eagle did that. I was just on their site. And and it's weird for us because I think you never the four it. of us don't see that like as a, oh, my God, I need to point that out. It's like there's all body types because we live in a world where we know there's all different body types. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's probably not the norm for a lot of people. And it does, for some, take you aback because you're like, I haven't seen this like my brain hasn't yeah. caught up with this yeah. yet which is sad 
yeah. sad and exciting because it is. It's happening. Yeah. So, no, I mean, you're right. So right. And if, you live in, if you live in cities, yeah. And if you live in cities, I think that the one beautiful thing I think about cities is that, especially like when you live in Toronto, you get a whole bunch of different people and you get this massive melting pot. You know, so you're exposed to all these different cultures and people and totally. you know, and you might be open to it. Not saying the people that live in the outskirts aren't at all. That's not true. But there are more people here and more cultures here. So you're exposed there to There is more. more diversity in the city. There, there is, yeah. That goes and, without but, a doubt. Right. And there's business that happens here and there's all these different things that happen here. When you start to get, you know, slowly outside cities, you know, in smaller areas and rural areas, you're not getting all that diversity. So you're not seeing, you're not going to have friends that are Chinese. You're not going to have friends that, you know, or, or Japanese. Japanese. You're not gonna. You you might, but it. You know, I grew up in a rural country. In a, sorry, country in a in a yeah, rural country in, in the a country. rural country in the country. Yeah, and exactly. And I went to a rural high school, and majority of the people that we were friends with, I did have someone that was mixed. That was my friend, and I do have a friend that's Asian. That's mixed. He's Chinese and British, and that was really all we had. And everybody was white, like yeah, not yeah, even joking. Totally. And so. Well, you know, I, I grew up yeah, in, like, but, the, but I the was lucky enough. Does it me of Canada, Prince Edward Island? You know, we're known, we're known. Right. For but it didn't. It didn't mean that I wasn't. And same with Marie, I would say the same thing. You can say after too, but it doesn't mean that I didn't understand diversity. I wasn't a, div- mm-hmm. a diverse person. I love different cultures. I love to learn about culture, just because yeah. I'm in the rural. But I wasn't around it all the time until I started coming into the city, mm-hmm. and then I started asking questions to friends of mine. They you know, like one of my yeah. best friends is Sikh. So when I was 19, I would sit in her house and her parents had an arranged marriage and I would ask them questions like like why are you guys why did you get married why did you get married are you still together individual totally but I was open to have those conversations because I was I just wanted to learn and they were happy to tell me but that just because it came from a rural area doesn't mean that I was ignorant I just or maybe in some context but I wanted and curious to learn more but sometimes people in rural areas don't want to that's fine or there isn't the opportunity to be exposed because they haven't been around those people so you know and I don't blame them all the time you know I blame them that maybe they should you know go to learn a little bit more but they don't need to have somebody that's a different culture to be their friend you know you don't have to go and find them they're not like pokemon i think you don't collect collect races right find the other diversity right right. there are people that are well i mean i think when you look at advertising coming out of the states i feel like that's what they do now like ooh, it is like pokemon okay we got a white girl we got a redhead you have to have that out a lot too yeah okay i love how this is a thing redheads are the mind Minority. I'm a redhead, and we are not represented enough anywhere. That's I never see true. the redheads. It's, it's a true so story. funny because, like, whenever I will look at whenever there's the diversity cast, black, white, Asian, South Asian, redhead. yep, red. <laughs> yeah, we're the other diversity. You're the <laughs> other <right>. diversity. <laughs> I What's am your a background, minority. Jess? What's your background? I'm actually seven generations Canadian, but before that, Scottish and English. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Canadian. It's really weird to say something that's else amazing. after seven generations. But yeah, Scottish pretty much. Um, so that's where the red hair comes from. But yeah. uh, You're Merida. Pardon? She is Merida. You're Merida. I know. Great, uh, of, I loved her. What's not to love? She's like competed for her own heart. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's a boss. This is why Disney is changing the face of anyway. Yes. And putting a redhead in there. Like I know we had Ariel. Redhead too. 
Yeah, oh, big difference though. There's a stigma around that. We know. Yeah, the crazy redheads. Yeah. That was oh a box my god. Job. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not, it's not a real redhead. Merida, <laughs> it's like, Merida it's is like a, a real box solid job redhead. Ariel. Oh, Ariel. Yeah, Ariel. 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 Real red hair. Ariel left her ocean kingdom for dick. Like <laughs> she chose a man over her own voice. They should have called what him Rich, not Eric. Right. <laughs> I don't That's need to what speak. she did. I have a man. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I love Ariel, because. I mean, that's who I associated with growing up. Like, there's a redhead person on the screen. Um, not that it's like, you know, Don't she was a fish her. <laughs> and her redhead was a little yeah. fake. But anyways, um, her red hair. Oh but no, she, yeah, anyways, that's a whole nother Disney one where they, they like, did whole, a number for females. A, it was a different generation, too. It was yes. still in line with the Cinderella's, with Snow White, yeah. with Sleeping yeah. Beauty. Um, where the, you know what, ladies? I think we're all going to start a, a Disney podcast. Yeah, honestly, right? I could Disney. talk Disney 24-7. Um, but anyways, you know what I wanted to ask about is, is a bit more cancel culture. So we kind of covered how, like, mm-hmm. counterculture um, influences pop culture. But how does, like, cancel culture come in? And, like, what is it? Cancel culture is really interesting because where do you think the roots of, I'm just going to throw this out there. Where do you guys think the roots of cancel culture came from? Well, yeah, slavery again. Fair. That's actually really good. It it came out of of black culture, civil rights movement. Um, But where it really hit in pop culture, although there was a reference to it and I pulled this up, I was like new Jack city, 1991 film, new Jack city. Uh, Wesley Snipes character had mentioned his I think his character was named Nino and his girlfriend at the time did something and he said I'm gonna cancel that bitch what and that's the first time in pop culture cancel culture was noticed the idea of canceling something and then when it actually hit and it hit on Twitter because I think we all kind of make I make cancel culture synonymous with Twitter. Oh, a hundred percent. The second mm-hmm. time it was mentioned was on was it Basketball Wives or Love and Hip Hop? I think it was Love and Hip Hop, and one of the characters on it, or one of the characters, one of the people on it, um, had made mention of canceling. What was her name? Like Champagne. She had this crazy name, like Strawberry Champagne. Oh, anyway, regardless. Anyway, it was on, I was on Love and Hip Hop, and there is a scene on it where he's like, I'm going to cancel her, cancel her. And then everybody on Twitter just blew up, and they were like, that's the funniest thing. I'm just cancel, 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 cancel. Yeah. But it's so funny. Well, I, when I think about it, I think of like, mute R. Kelly, cancel, we've already mentioned him, um, or Bill Cosby. So like that's lots of what comedians I think of. have been canceled too. Lots of cancel yeah. culture and comedy yeah. right now. It's why comedy's yeah. dying because of cancel culture. Yeah, but Which it's just such a clever with. thing. Like in the civil yeah. rights movement, the idea of cancel culture. Sorry, I didn't explain this part. Was the idea of cancel culture was that you are a part of a group where you have no power politically. You are not a part of the the group that's able to make decisions. But what you can do is you can disassociate. So you can choose not to pay attention to somebody. You can choose to focus your attention every, anywhere else. You can cancel them out. You can say, okay, I made you a celebrity with my attention. 
now I'm going to revoke that celebrity from you by paying you no attention. Right. And that's group shaming though, too. It's, mm-hmm. it's another form of group. It's another word of using group shaming. Shame. Yeah. So we, you know, there's someone like, for example, someone, an individual can cancel someone else, I guess, cancel culture, their own friends in life out. But really it takes a group. Yeah. Of, it takes a group of people to, to shame somebody directly like a Bill Cosby and rightfully so. And shaming. other comedians that have been horrible it's literally in to context to females and to, and to other cultures so, so sh- but it, but it is group shaming it's a group of it's a group of people that agree to one idea and then they start to shame and then they say okay it doesn't uh, trust me any shame bill cosby as much as possible um and people that are doing yeah. things that are harm to women and to other people i'm fine with that but then we get yeah. into group shaming that can be in the mass droves that isn't really justified and that's counterculture where we have to be really careful we don't cross that line because you just so, call somebody uh, guilty right off the top is not okay. how you actually you're innocent till proven guilty you are not guilty right away and by association but if you are Absolutely. found guilty like r kelly for example the idea of canceling him out again shaming him is one thing shaming i f- i feel like is not when i think of of what the the historical context of cancel culture is to actually say you're here today you're gone tomorrow the end you're canceled you're out you've got no job you're getting no money you're done r kelly was canceled you are no longer making totally. money. You are dropped. You are done. We are not going to say you should be he who shall not be named. The end. But that started from shaming, though. It did start shaming. Well, and obviously there's rightful. So but enough. why isn't Chris Brown then canceled? Like, I don't understand that. I cancel Chris Brown out of my life because I'm like, I don't like Chris Brown. So I'll cancel culture him individually as a person. But I I think Chris Brown, I don't listen to this. But why? Why isn't Chris? Why isn't Chris Brown canceled? He's had multiple, multiple assault charges against women and other people. But I'm sorry. like what what justifies cancel and what doesn't like how bad so, do well, you have to do something to cancel we somebody? had exactly. that's something that we were talking about it's like people are immune to being canceled people are there are celebrities or like people with notoriety that are i think immune to cancel culture so they can just keep doing whatever it is they're doing and maybe they will get some shame for a small period of time like chris brown or the spotlight shine on them maybe they're made an example of but they did not get canceled. And then you've got the extreme cases like Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby that did get canceled and R. Kelly that did get, get canceled. So yeah. where does cancel culture really like fit? Because should we be canceling people in 2020? Like another I... example is Brian Adams, his comment yeah. around the wet markets. And, mm-hmm. you know, they all have their responses and their like I, I don't, don't want to say it's an excuse or not an excuse because I don't know what was going through Brian Adams' head at that moment. But I personally don't think he deserves to be canceled. Well, I don't. I think there's I, an well, apology. Is pretty yeah. uh, but cut and dry. Do you for have him to be canceled? Do you well. have a history of abusive behavior? <laughs> if you do have a history of abusive behavior, or you've manipulated this, or you've tried to. T- to hurt so r kelly obviously history of abusive behavior yeah. that i mean abhorred abhorred mm. um harvey weinstein history of abusive behavior bill mm-hmm. cosby history again so these are people that seem to be irredeemably irredeemably bad and they agreed yeah so the sentencing is 
I mean, it's in line. It's an eye for an eye. It's in, in line with what they did. And Brian Adams, there's call-out culture, and then there's cancel couch culture. And I think Brian Adams is, is entitled to call-out culture yeah. because in that scenario, he he gets deserves to be shamed. I mean, we, let's do our, our Game of Thrones reference right now. Cersei's is Brian yeah. Adams, right? Shame. 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 Um, he deserves that because that, I, I think, a lot of people are afraid of call-out culture. They're afraid of cancel culture. I think that we need to remember that we all have voices. We're all we're all constantly learning. We're always putting things out in the universe, and we're accepting things back. But if you're in a constant state of learning, it means that you're going to be making mistakes along the way. And mm-hmm. I trust in other people to correct me. Yep. So that I does agree. put me in positions where I, I will openly say things that are wrong and I will share things incorrectly. Like I will say things well, you're that human, but I'm human. But I also have like my Twitter is a collection of ideas and thoughts from different time periods in my life where I have evolved from. Right. Um, I've never been a hateful person. I've never been a racist person. I've never been any of those things. But there's times where my own social conditioning did not afford me the education at that time to know that some of the things that I was saying was problematic. Maybe some of the turns of phrases that I was saying were problematic, but it wasn't a part of the social consciousness that I knew that that was wrong. Now I do. So I feel like you got to put it out there for for people to come back and say, no, Brian Adams, that is inappropriate. That's a racist comment. Right. And this is why. And and then then you are able to apologize and move forward if you actually know that what you did was wrong. Because some people, I don't agree with people apologizing and still thinking the same thing. You know, and thinking, being racist, because that happens too. Being like, oh, no, no, no. Don't shame me or don't cancel me. So I'm going to say I really believe it when I actually don't. That's yeah. even worse. So mm-hmm. I that, no. But when I think, I agree with Marie on this. I think counter, I mean, um, cancel culture is really a fine line between like, the call-out culture and that if you're doing things that are like abusive and things that are well, wrong and you're hurting people and yeah. they're against the law. the law, then yeah, you know, and, and it's really an ethical thing that we all generally agree upon. Don't kill people. Yep. Don't hurt people. Yeah. We're going to cancel you out, but I don't always agree with canceling people, you know, canceling him out instantly. Like I just, don't, I don't, yeah, I think that, we need it to, seems like it's so and rash, you gotta, and you gotta give people time to learn too, because people can make mistakes and they can redeem themselves. Um, and we see that, but I think the people that we really have been canceling out though, are the people that are like the bill. Cosby's. Show the history yeah. Yes. of, yeah, yeah, that deserve to be canceled. But yeah. I think that's a really important thing to talk about though, is we need to allow people to make mistakes and be educated because we are human and we perfection is not a thing. We can't be expected to say all the right things all the time. Everybody yeah. in the, any yeah. normal human in their day-to-day lives probably slips up once in a while and you aren't, yep. your family doesn't cast you out. Your well, friends don't yeah. cast you out. Yeah. Well, so celebrities are held to a different standard because they are so they have the responsibility to the public and they're in the public all yeah. the time. Yes. We have, we, we are, given insight into their every waking moment and move. But I I do think that is a fine line between cancel culture and call out culture. Like Roseanne Barr, she kind of got canceled. Does she not deserve an opportunity to correct herself, um, be educated? Yeah, but she showed the history of racist behavior and, and uh, I guess like abuse and negativity in the past. So I think that's right. what the difference is. It comes but down I, to But did Chris Brown not show that? That was the yes. thing. Yeah. So Chris Brown. So there's – but then this gets into another um, 
there's this is a very nuanced thing because Chris Brown is a black artist and the significance of that is is that there's so few highly regarded black artists that are out there. So when one of them falls, it, it hurts. And we learned this in the Surviving R. Kelly documentary yeah. where they talked yeah. about celebration music. So there's a whole other cultural thing where there's a motivation to try and help rehabilitate him behind the scenes so that perhaps this was an isolated incident and doesn't happen again. Because if it does happen again, and if it does come out that he then he's is canceled. still, he's going to get canceled. I hope so. Well, you know what I always found really funny about it was, um, like, Drake did um, a song with him. Like, did Drake not, was he not on Riri's side with that? Like, why does he have friends? Going back to the beginning, when you expect the guys to be like, that's not cool, bro. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. surprised to see them collaborate because I know Shocked. business is business. Like, who knows if they even were ever in the same room. They just did it for money or publicity, whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, we don't know what's going on. But the truth is I was still shocked to see them collaborate because you think there would be some sort of loyalty. There's just – I feel so much shame if I'm in the car and a Chris Brown song comes on. I'm like, yeah, man, this is a fucking bop. I know. And then afterwards, like, and new song with Chris Brown. I was like, damn it. Now I can't listen to the song anymore because out of principle I can't support that. But now Riri did drop the charges, and I think that's where it goes. Even with um, R. Kelly early in the days – you know, he was acquitted, right? He was acquitted of all charges early, early on. Like, Aaliyah married her, but, I mean, she yeah, had to 15 years old. That. Like, that is fucking that. insane. Yeah. yeah. But that it, was cause again, for... a different time, though. It, so it just shows that all the, like, a lot of, like, what's happening in these different cultures, like the subs and the alternative and yeah. counter and pop and all of them, are all correlated with what's era you're in yeah. even that being in the what the 90s that was that's when i stopped yeah. listening to r kelly was when he married yeah. leah because i'm like i feel really? like something yeah was so inappropriate you Did knew you? back then yeah i was not yeah. into it because when it came out leah was young yeah but she lied about her age she always said she was older i was like she was 16 and then she was old, 15 she got when they get married i think um and i that's when i stopped listening to him so the the culture like Whenever I would go at my friends and we go to hip hop nights and they play an R. Kelly song, I'm like, I don't get it. The only R. Kelly song I knew was the one that Dave Chappelle did oh, the you cover. Say, I on. believe I could fly. No. <laughs> I'm going to pee on you, piss on you. Remember that? Oh, right. Dave right, Chappelle right. did oh, a remake. Right, yeah, did, in the closet yeah. or out of the closet? Uh, that, from the that album. Ignition. Yeah, Ignition. out of that Gotta love you, Dave Chappelle. Ignition. Yeah. Ignition. Yeah. See, he, he's the one that I, I loved R. Kelly. I, I loved his songs. They were bangers, but I won't listen to them. You know, I watched Surviving R. Kelly and all the whole time. I'm like, I just want to hear Ignition, part one and two. And I just would not listen to it because I'm like, no, I can't support it even though he's like rotting in jail still i just know that he's a sicko and wrote all those songs well 14 year old was in the next room like yeah wait yeah. locked in a room without their shoes like it's just bizarre yeah. waiting to ask for permission to go to the washroom like yeah, the whole thing is like messed up handle that. Well, he's, a yeah. he's a predator all well he was people... he was a very clear predator from a young age like they knew when he was hanging around the schools like they're that's not right i don't care who you are R. Kelly or not, that's not appropriate um, for this exact reason. And you know how many people, and the other thing about R. Kelly, I mean, it took a long time before he got canceled. It Very happened. Long. He just got canceled. He just like. got canceled. But he was acquitted. And, and you hear all the people who are talking in the documentary, and they're like, you know what, I let we went to the, the concert, and my daughter wanted to hang out with him backstage, and, and I let her go because, you know, 
she was it's he R. was a, he was R. Kelly. He was acquitted yeah. of all charges. He was found not guilty. Yeah. So they're thinking. No, I mean, thank you. Yeah, but then you're looking at how flawed when the justice system in, and then also like how deeply flawed and how um, awful it is for anybody of color who has to go and you know my daughter was kidnapped by R. Kelly and not being taken seriously by the police or. You know, the whole thing yeah. is just ridiculous to me. I was just like, this is this documentary exposed so many things that are problematic about pop culture, about our celebrity worship, and are on top of it all about oh. our law enforcement. Okay, so I'm going to segue, though, too. I think segue. I'm segueing here, if you guys la- ladies don't mind. Shuffle I would say, <laughs> segueing in. <laughs> I would say, though, with counterculture, I mean, sorry, gosh, counterculture, with cancel culture, we're also canceling other cultures out of it like for example when i go back to comedy comedy is dying because of counterculture and not and and really putting limits on what comedians and people can say because they're freaking out because they're like well i can't say that because i'm going to get shamed or i'm going to get called out or i'm going to get canceled so i can't talk about this when really it's probably satire and it needs to be said and it's calling out a certain type of culture for being a certain way and making comments on society we're not getting satire anymore we're not getting those things anymore because cancel culture is canceling it and yeah. I, i'm yeah. a huge fan of stand-up comedy i love yeah and me i'm like too. and i, and love, I love the satire sitcoms. yeah, yeah. me too i want no, that like the raunchier like the better Gervais, yes I yes love want it love what it he stands for because he says like yes you can still be funny it's yeah. okay. Funny is funny. Like, yeah. if you don't like it, then don't listen to it. Right? Yeah, don't, you don't go don't to like those it. shows. Don't go to those shows. Don't follow those comedians. But it doesn't mean you can't um, you can't do what you do. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I know, right? sorry, guys. I know. Can you hear that in the hey, background? Hey, Liam. Yeah. <laughs> get out of here. Decline. But you know what I think it comes down to is comedians are meant to kind of push the boundaries. Like, that. Is usually what's funny and and shocking, and that's what gets people to have a reaction. So, of course, comedy will die when they're being silenced. And yeah, Yeah. but like you're right, Marie, when you say like it, it, the satire usually is calling out some of these other cultures and like bringing attention to things that need attention that you know otherwise aren't getting it because we're too afraid to talk about it or to recognize it. And but everything will get talked about yeah addressed but you know it, it kind of lightens a lot of it too like obviously comedy allows for the comedic relief in a lot of issues yeah, so when shitty things are happening in the world sometimes you just need to laugh to laugh yes. at them we can't cancel laughter out like i no. i just don't there, this is why there's that fine line and we need to let comedians be comedians when they're good comedians we need to yeah. let them make those comments because it's going to shape the world that we live in and help open yeah. up people's eyes in different ways rather than telling them what to think let's show them and let's use humor We're to kind of do that they're allowed to say right we need to exactly. respect that craft 100%. and talent as well yeah if you don't like that like it then don't go see it like and that's my opinion yeah, on things like the people that are um this this might be like faux pas but the people that are so anti-abortion then don't get an abortion but like why does it have to be taken away from every other person just because you don't agree with it oh because you know if they let it happen then somehow they're complacent to yeah babies being killed. exactly mm-hmm. um, that's but, a whole other topic yeah it's a deep topic right yeah we could cure it's late today but we can one day because that is a whole other thing to get into but but yeah i know i just think if you don't like that that person's comedy then go listen to somebody's that you do i will say this when it comes down to comedians we are in a period of expansion 
and that usually comes with a lot of contraction, right? So you're seeing, we're seeing the world that we want to live in, and we see this grand vision of what is possible out there, and we are fervently fighting for it. On Twitter, you see those conversations happening every day. People are letting their their opinion known, and um, they're saying it. They're getting it out there. They're fighting for it. Cancel culture, call-out culture is a fight for what they believe this utopia should be, an mm-hmm. accepting, non-racially, um, non, uh, I don't know, not racist, of equal, um, loving space where we all are happy. And, and But they fight for it. So if you infringe on it, though, they're going to go for it. But... I mean, there is a period of contraction within that because we're starting to learn new ways of being. So comedians are learning how to hone and change their craft. Nothing is going to ever stay the same. Whenever we're having big cultural movements, we're going to have, we are going to learn how we're going to evolve in that space. So right now we're looking at it as like, perhaps as a type of censorship that comedians are, but all they're doing is learning Well, I think that's an interesting point, actually, with, like, the cultural thing, too, though, is that, like, this whole top five thing or whole top three thing, like, Mm -hmm. just the the fact that someone even says that, like, oh, I need to be in your top five. Does that mean, like, of the guys or of everyone? Just of my my hangout list, yeah. Like, not just men, of just, you know, I'm going to have a top ten man list. I wish. But it's, no, it's... Well, I think if you're on dating sites, it is sort of, like... Right. Uh, who's on your in your rotation, right? Right, and for he meant more well, of like a friendship. Is another yeah. crazy well, concept, yeah. right? But it's you know, as someone <laughs> yeah, who's I single, like saying, <laughs> I would love to have a rotation. I would love to have a harem of beautiful men who just live and exist. Give, you you. Yeah. Give me grapes and service me in all the ways <laughs> I want. I and love maybe that. Maybe out of that, one will ascend I in the ranks. Yeah, and as I get older, to be my I, other, I just. In my mind, it's like you got to fit into my life. I'm not gonna, yeah. you're not gonna come into my life and stay, and I'm gonna have a relationship with you unless you fit in there. And, he, and it's gonna take a long time to figure out if you fit or not. And if you don't, mm-hmm. it's obviously gonna show. So I mean, a I'm movie okay about with that. that. But that's yeah. also me you know, getting dating. right. That's me getting older and just you know and and understanding maturing. myself, right? Maturing, yeah. understanding myself, and knowing and, your worth, yeah, exactly. And, understanding and being comfortable being one. alone and being like, no, I'm, yeah. I love hanging yeah. out with myself. You yeah. know, I enjoy one on one me time. I am not yeah. afraid to sit by myself. Yeah, and it's COVID you as well too. It's what you fun. want. Exactly. You can watch what you want. You can sleep wherever you want. You can sleep <laughs> yeah. wherever you want. You can cuddle the cat without them saying, "Why won't she come and sit on my lap?" I'm like, oh, I don't know, because she likes me better. Like, why are you putting me in this position? Right She's now? not so needy. Yeah. <laughs> She's not so needy. We have gotten a lot of information from you guys. Um, this is I this think great. It's a good time. Yeah, no, it's this fantastic. Awesome. I um, learned so much. Me too, and I'm so glad you guys came on to kind of open our eyes and all of our listeners' eyes to a lot of the things cancel culture, Are you know, so counterculture. Like, yeah, even something so simple like subculture, we weren't even I was not aware of. So. Um, I think once so, we get out of COVID, we should all go enjoy some cocktail culture. We yeah. have to. 100%. Yeah, yeah, we have to. Lauren and I say this all the time. Um, we can't wait to like see our COVID guests for sure. But I, yes, we will. We're, yes. <laughs> so I'm so excited. Yes. I can't wait to go to a bar. I can't wait to order a $16 glass of wine. I know I say that a lot too. Um, and I can't wait to do it with you guys. Yes, 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 yes. Because yes. I feel like. Amazing. Within that time together, like we proved tonight, 
we can talk out almost any of the stickiest topics and write all the world's ills in <laughs> yes. a matter of two hours. Yes. Exactly. Well, we firmly believe that that's what Jess and I are meant to do. Yes. Just that's why we started the podcast. Yes, nice. our podcast story started in a hot tub. So. Oh, uh, not just any hot tub. It was like nine hours in a hot tub. And what? we were like, came out with missing skin and <laughs> nobody. Nine hours yeah. in a hot tub. That's, that's a long a full nine, time. It was probably, it was definitely more than like seven we're actually like questioning our friends because we're, we're like, like no why is nobody dead. looking for us we're, we're at, at our friend's cottage like why is someone like too long to be gone taken by the hillside <laughs> gouger in the woods like do you not care <laughs> you guys would have came out like little prunes we, oh, oh we, we were, were it was we're, gross we're but anyways we came out with like fantastic <laughs> ideas that really yeah. and we decided out. it needed a podcast and so here, uh, we so here we are yeah. that's amazing Talking about and now we get to meet and talk to such incredible people like yourselves like that's part of also why we want to do because we have such a like interest and love for people and their stories and and education yeah. yeah we we crave all the, the information you have so why don't you guys uh plug in where everyone can find you for sure uh you can go to allpoprepeat.com and you can find us on instagram at altpoprepeat all one word a-l-t-p-o-p-r-e-p-e-a-t and I will plug Marie's Instagram. It's at Karma Cake. And, oh, and I'll plug you. Oh, thank you. Miss Vocab. <laughs> thank you. Miss Vocab is Chrissy and I'm Karma Cake. Yes. And uh, you can listen to our, our show, Old Pop Repeat, anywhere you stream your favorite podcasts or music. So yeah, obviously iTunes, Spotify, iTunes, Spotify, Google. Yeah. You know, you name yep. it. We're there. Yeah, we're there. Amazing. And if you go to allpoprepeat.com, you'll, you'll find all yeah, the little there. little click sections to find where we are. Too. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Amazing. And as always, you can follow us at herspective underscore podcast. So thank you so much, ladies. And I can't wait to continue our conversation offline. Yes. yes. Thank IRL. you, guys. Yes, thanks, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Talk to you thank soon. You. Bye. Bye. Hello. Hello. <laughs>